0: Talk Radio Welcome world, welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Petrone. Not hard to find things to talk about tonight. In fact, the last couple of months never hard to find things to talk about, not with Donald Trump out there. I get sick and tired of listening to the news every day and reading the newspapers, and it's Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Uh, There's more to the world, there's more to this country than Donald Trump, but he is important to us at this particular time in history, because unless something's done about him in due course, he's going to destroy our country. That's not what I'm going to talk about, though, tonight. What I'm going to talk about are different things that are happening, non-related to Trump, and then I'm going to get into Trump. So about half the show will go to Trump, but I'm going to do it at the tail end of the show. I am going to start with something close to the issue, however. Last night in Baltimore, a statue of Christopher Columbus, which was erected in 1792. 1792, was sledgehammered to the ground. Now you say, you you know what they did in Baltimore. The mayor at 1130 at night had four Confederate statues or memorials taken down so there wouldn't be any trouble. But this is Christopher Columbus. He wasn't here in 1860 or 1865. He was here in 1492. And the statue went up in 1792, but it was hammered to the ground. Well, why? There's a reason for everything, and you're going to find, if you look at this uh, historically, that Columbus, Christopher Columbus, founder of the New World, he enslaved West Island West Indian natives, West Indian natives. He made three trips to the New World. On the second and third voyages, he took slaves, um, brought them back to Queen Isabella. Uh, some, it, on the first time that he took slaves, he took 1,600 African, West Indian natives with him, rather, uh, 1,600. Some died on the way to Spain. Uh, some Isabella kept, the queen kept. She used them as on her galleys to row the big boats. And others were returned to uh, the West Indies. She, nobody wanted them. You have to remember too that slaves even back then were considered property. Uh some in Spain other parts of the world the you know like England, France, everyone had slaves. Slaves were money just not in the United States. Do you think all of a sudden we you know people came to this new world George Washington and everybody else, and they didn't deal in slaves. They all dealt in slaves because slaves were property. So how far back do we go in tearing down these memorials, these statues to the Confederacy? Well, I said seven, eight months ago, I did this in writing and I did it on one of my shows. I said, if we're going to take everything down that has to do with the Confederacy, with slavery, Hell, why don't we go back to George Washington? He was a large property owner. I don't care he's first president of the United States, hero general of the Revolutionary War. He dealt in slaves. They were property. They were money. So why don't we change the name of Washington, D.C. to another name? Remove his name. He's a disgrace. He dealt with slaves. You know Why don't we take his picture off the dollar bill? A lot of people thought I was crazy back then, and they wrote me to that effect. But look what's happening now. I believe that that statue of Christopher Columbus in Baltimore was taken down because he dealt in slaves in 1492. My question is, how far back do we go on this thing? When all this started that, you know, we got to tear down these statues, uh, I didn't think it was right. I figured they're part of our history, part of our American history. They were wrong, but it's part of our history as well as the history of the South. So since it's part of everyone's history, why not leave the statues up? They took a shot. They didn't make it the South. But again, these were their heroes at the time, and to some people still are heroes. So I couldn't agree that they should be taken down. Then I started listening to the African Americans in this country, and they're saying it reminds me of slavery. It reminds me of what my people went through. Well, I can buy that, and no one in this country should have to walk around and see something that reminds them of some terrible thing that happened uh, with their people a hundred or more years ago. No, it's wrong. So now my thinking started drifting to the African-American thinking. Uh, But now I'm beginning to wonder. I don't know which way to go anymore. I'm right in the middle here, and I'm confused. I agree with both sides. I think I'm back to leaning that leave the statues alone. They are part of our history. Whether you like it or not, whether they were, these people were treasonous or not, they are part of the American history, the mores of the time when these people participated and fought. Otherwise, we're going to have to tear everything down in this country. Look. Christopher Columbus went 1492. Eventually, somebody's going to say George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson. My God, we have his descendants here. His mistress was black. Uh, I don't know. I'm just sharing with you. Christopher Columbus last night, Uh, I think it's wrong. Because I don't know where we stop, So let's stop all this stuff, I'm beginning to think. Where in the middle of the night in Baltimore, the mayor took down the statue. started at 1130 so there wouldn't be any conflicts. Uh, That's what I think. What can I tell you? Just think about what I said. It's all food for thought. The Boston Common Rally Saturday. The Boston Common Rally Saturday. Uh, You're going to think I'm on the other side. I'm not. But after the rally, everybody's saying, in Boston especially, the good guys won because the counter-protesters are the good guys. The alt-right, the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan, they are definitely the bad guys. They're evil. Well, 20,000 counter-protesters, the good guys showed up, and only about 100 of the bad guys showed up. That shows you they were scared. They didn't come. They knew we were ready for them, including the police who were ready. Well, let me tell you something. Don't take it as a victory, the counter-protesters. Don't, the good people should not claim it as a victory because nothing happened. Listen to me. The alt-right decided not to appear, not because they were afraid. They're going to pick their place to fight. They're going to pick the time to fight when it suits their needs and their desires. Uh, They avoided this one. They knew there was going to be this major confrontation. They don't care about that. These people are trained militarily. They've been in the woods and forests for years getting ready for what's coming up these battles. They have military equipment, weapons. Uh, They're supported by the president. Look what Trump said uh, immediately afterwards. He emboldened them with his words, even though he tried to backtrack. Now he emboldened the alt-right with his words. He was supporting the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, and the Ku Klux Klaners. But again, understand this: it's going to be their call when the next confrontation occurs, when the bats come out again, and probably this time, guns. All right. Recognize they are evil. The alt-right, unquestionably, is evil. They have to be defeated. I envision the war, the altercation that we are becoming involved in, as important as World War II. We had to take down the Japanese and the Germans. We have to take down the alt-right, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, and the Ku Klux Klan. It's a fight for the soul of our nation for who this country belongs to, for who we are. They're trying to change what our country is now over 200 years after it's been in existence. We have to stand up and we have to meet them. But understand this. Don't claim small victories. Wait for the big one and start winning those. Interesting thing I read recently uh, This is extremely interesting, and don't be offended by it. Uh, Female orgasms, lovely term, female orgasms, are better in Soviet Soviet Russia, were better in Soviet Russia. Female orgasms were better in Soviet Russia. There was an op-ed written in the New York Times on August 12th titled Why Women Had Better Sex Under Socialism. Now, (laughs) you say... Such a stupid topic. Where the hell did the Times come up with this? Well, it was written by a pretty smart woman, a, a Russian expert. Her name's Kristen uh, Godsey. She's a professor in Russian history at the University of Pennsylvania. And apparently the New York Times thought the content of her article uh, was of sufficient, sufficient in every respect that it should be printed. There was, she reported, there was a sociological study done after the 1990 reunification. I'm talking about the Soviet Union collapsed in 1990. Remember the Berlin Wall came down, East and West Berlin got together. Well, all the nations, all the countries making up the Soviet Union now became independent uh, countries. And women were of a certain nature at that time, and since then, have changed. Here's the story. Turns out that going back to Joseph Stalin in the early 1920s, women became independent. They didn't have to wait like they waited in this country. He saw a wisdom to making women self-sufficient. They dug ditches next to the men. They got paid the same money as the men. They served in the military next to the men. They got paid the same money as the men. They were equal in every respect. They were independent, independent. And what this did was caused them to enjoy sexual relations more. Uh, they, they had twice as many orgasms women who did not have this experience, this independent experience. And this ran through the early 1920s till 1990. Now comes the breakdown of the Soviet Union. We got a bunch of independent countries. It's only Russia now. And all of a sudden... The women aren't enjoying sex as much anymore. Their orgasms are now equal to those in the rest of the world, like in the United States, and women aren't as happy. And the reason this uh, sociological study suggests is that because of the way we live in the modern society today. Everything is a race to succeed, to do better, to make more money, have a bigger home, have an extra car, educate the kids. These things are all important. Well, they're so important that they take away from the woman's ability to enjoy sex, to have sex as much as she did when she was an independent soul. She does not feel as romantic. The women in Soviet Russia loved their romances, even though they were digging ditches by day. Today, today, I don't, it seems like they don't enjoy their sexual experiences and their romances as much, and so they're having orgasms equal in number to the women in the rest of the modern world. Interesting article. Uh, I share it with you. You draw your own conclusions from it. Johnson and Johnson. Ho, ho, Johnson and Johnson. They're in trouble. Uh, you know, Johnson and Johnson Band-Aids. A lot of uh, medical things we need. I can remember as a kid, they made Mercuricom. For those of you who are as old as me, no one even knows. Most people don't even know what the hell Mercuricom is today. Well, you know they've made talcum powder all these years, baby powder. You know, in the white can, Johnson & Johnson on the label in blue, underneath it, baby powder. Turns out baby powder contains a carcinogenic, and here's the story. Johnson & Johnson baby powder causes ovarian cancer. There was a verdict in a courtroom in California yesterday, yesterday, against Johnson & Johnson for $417 million. Lots of money, $417 million. The woman's name, Eva Echevera, 63 years old. She has been using... Johnson & Johnson baby powder, since she was 11 years old. She testified as a regular part of her feminine hygiene. She takes a bath, she takes a shower, she does her body in powder, and she also powders herself down there between her legs. Well, (laughs) there's something in there that causes ovarian cancer, and hers is not the first case. There are over 400,000 cases pending in the courts. Six have gone to trial already. One Johnson and Johnson uh, won. The other four were all multi-million dollar verdicts, like Eva's at four hundred seventeen million against Johnson and Johnson. Again, the baby powder is considered a carcinogenic risk. Uh, she got ovarian cancer, and women all over this country have gotten ovarian cancer as a result of using baby powder on a consistent basis throughout their entire lives wow this one bothers me that i'm going to share with you now this bothers me terribly uh i believe in welfare i believe in helping those without i believe in obamacare i believe in universal health care but sometimes excuse me the line has to be drawn we go a step too far (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me again. Uh, I'm talking about Sacramento, California. Uh, they're giving free cars. You heard me, free automobiles, electric automobiles, new electric automobiles, to people on welfare to use. Here's the story. Uh, and it appears that it's greater. It's a great place to be poor and be on welfare. Sacramento, California. Last May seventh. Uh, what they did was there were, they had seven public housing communities, primarily made up of people on welfare. So they decided to have a pilot program, and they took one of these housing uh, communities, had 300 people, and they bought eight electric cars for residents' use. And they also, out of the money used to buy the cars, will also pay for the maintenance of the vehicles and insurance. The total cost, which I find astronomical, but the total cost for these eight vehicles, maintenance and insurance, is $1.3 million, covered not by tax money but by grant monies. Uh, I think it's a stupid program. I, I, It just goes a step too far. Take the bus. If you can't afford a car, take a bus. I can remember for years my dad couldn't afford a car. We took the bus everywhere. <laughs> thought nothing of it (laughs) we got transfers so we take another bus etc etc this is going a step too far again i'm for universal health care free medical but cars 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 a step too far let me tell you this though california is in good financial shape i think this is this year this past year is the first year they ran a deficit and it wasn't that bad they've been in the black the last six or seven years. Brown runs a good state government in California in spite of their liberal attitude. All right. Donald Trump time. Donald Trump time. I'm going to just hit three or four different items. Trump and Liberty University. Uh, The president of the university is Jerry Falwell, Jr. And this is a very conservative university. It's a religious university. Uh, Trump. I think he gave out diplomas as president the first time there to a university. Uh, He's loved—Donald Trump is loved by Jerry Falwell, Jr. Uh, And if his dad was still alive, he would love Donald Trump also. Uh, Jerry Falwell, Jr., the president of the university, was giving his impressions of Charlottesville, and he said he agreed. He agreed what Trump said immediately afterwards— that this was probably the fault of the counter protesters. Remember, Trump said, I saw them on TV, you saw them, they ran across the street, they had baseball bats or clubs, whatever he said, uh, and he, he said that it's their fault too. Well, Falwell agreed with him 100% and went public with that statement. Well, a little over 100 graduates of the university, and that university has been out there a long time, some of these graduates were older, some younger, have returned their diplomas in the last 10 days to the university. And the reason they're resigning, they're giving up their diplomas. They do not want a diploma from Liberty University because of its support of the alt-right, neo-Nazis, etc. They say the university is being led into a dark place why because trump defends nazis and white supremacists but isn't that cool the university is being led into a dark place these are a religious university graduates a dark place and that's very true he is leading us into a dark place with just about everything he does trump in afghanistan last night monday uh he had a meeting over the weekend a one-day meeting uh with his military people and other people, and they came up with a plan on how to handle Afghanistan. I don't think he said too much, but here's the little bit I garnered out of it that I garnered out of it that I want to talk about. We've been at war in Afghanistan 16 years, the longest war in the history of the United States. During the campaign, Trent, Trump kept preaching, "I'm going to get you out of Afghanistan. We're all done with that war. 16 years. It's a disgrace. We shouldn't be there." Now he said to us last night, we can't get out. we got to stay. And he told us why, which is the same thing that Obama told us and which was the same thing that Bush, too, told us. All right? Uh, now, staying means more troops. These are American boys and girls going over to get killed, getting maimed for life. One of the problems that bothers me is we are on one side in Afghanistan supporting one group, China and Russia, support the other group. In other words, the two groups fighting against each other. We, we, we support one side. Russia and China support the other side. Now, they're supposed to be our friends, quote-unquote, China and Russia. Uh, why are they doing this over there? The, there's a reason why China and Russia are in this war. We went in to do good. We were assholes because Russia couldn't do it years ago, and the French couldn't do it before them. But Afghanistan has... I believe the world's greatest supply of minerals, minerals under the ground materials that are in high demand today uh, for purposes of manufacturing of all these fancy doodads, including our cell phones uh, and the stuff inside them, the minerals, China and Russia want the minerals. They know those minerals are required by them to go into the manufacturing process for all the super duper things we're putting out today. And will be put out tomorrow. Uh, The other reason he gave Trump was he said that he had to listen to his generals because you don't micromanage a war from Washington, all right, that you don't win battles that way. I disagree with that statement. You've got to remember this. We have a constitution. Constitution does not make the generals, the military, the end-all, those who lead the country. We are a civilian-led people. The president of the United States and other civil staff, our commander-in-chief or in charge of our military services. They respond, the military, the generals respond to the civilians in this country. All right? And that's the way it it was back when, when they wrote the Constitution, because they knew you let these generals, all they want to do is fight and win wars. Sometimes you have to avoid wars. You win by not fighting a war. But they know generals always want to fight, and they did not want the generals back in 1780 or 82 or even today in charge of making these type decisions. So there always had to be overview, civilian overview. Had to The generals had to answer to somebody, and this is Washington, the civilian people, including the president, who oversee them. So that's an asinine asshole statement he made, and that's what the generals always say. You can't micromanage us from washington well they can't they don't make the diplomatic decisions they don't know if you don't invade this part of a country that something good's going to happen for you in a different country you're making deals behind the scenes all the time that's not their job that's washington's job all right they want to win battles they want to fight they lack diplomacy is what the man's saying then he got into Pakistan and India. He does a good thing, Trump, about getting, creating trouble with everyone. He's really on Pakistan's ass because both Pakistan and India are harboring those that we are fighting, those supported by China and Russia. And he says, Pakistan, you've got to stop doing that. Well, that's why you have a diplomatic corps. They call Pakistan on the phone or some of our diplomats, go see their diplomats, and you say, hey, guys, this is getting out of hand. You've got to stop this. Let's talk. And over a period of time, you resolve the problem and hopefully eliminate it. Uh, His way is the wrong way. He throws the gauntlet down. He insults countries. He insults people. Publicly, you don't do business as a nation like this, unless it's a last resort situation. Remember, Trump, for some reason, doesn't like diplomacy. He loves generals, but he doesn't like diplomacy. In the budget, he has submitted that the house of representatives has yet to approve and i doubt they're going to approve this portion he cuts 35 percent from the budget of the diplomats the secretary of state's office 35 of their budget the man does not know what he is doing now let's go to tonight donald trump tonight at 10 o'clock we can all watch it on tv i'm not going to miss it because of the show Uh, 10 o'clock tonight, our time, in Phoenix, Arizona, there is a political rally, a Trump political rally. It's his base. He's going to his base, and he thinks it's his base. I don't know, because what happens there will decide if it's his base or not. Uh, But it probably is his base. And he's going to chastise the two United States senators who are both Republicans. He doesn't support them because they stood against him as a result of Charlottesville and what he said especially Senator Flake, 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 who has to run for re-election next year. Uh, Someone is already, some woman is running against him. She ran last year against John McCain. Uh, And uh, he supports this woman against Flake. He says Flake's doing a lousy job. And if you watch Flake on TV, he's one of the first politicians in years that impressed me when he said, I can't support my president for these reasons, even though we're both Republicans. Then there's talk he may pardon Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Uh, He just got convicted two or three weeks ago by a federal court and is facing sentencing in October because the court said you can't screw around with the immigrants the way you are. You're treating them wrong. It's against the law. He was just going out and arresting people or showing me your papers, no papers. He throws them in jail, or he, he has his people take them across the lines back into Mexico. No judges, no lawyers, and he deals with them. You can't do that. You come to this country, even though you're in here improperly, you have rights. And he did not want to follow the law, so the laws not dealing with him. There's been talk that uh, Trump wants to pardon him. He was going to do it. Now he may not do it tonight. doesn't want to cause any trouble. The mayor, the mayor of Phoenix, a Republican, has told Trump not to come tonight, not to hold the rally, to call it off. There would be trouble. He was afraid and people would get hurt. Uh, the governor of Arizona is a Republican, and he's not going to the rally. Okay? That's how it is, uh, Donald Trump. You're losing, you're losing a part of your group elected people who normally support you blindly and religiously. Then today, McDonnell, the, the the majority leader of the Senate, he said he doubts Trump's future. His words, quote unquote, doubts Trump's future. Uh, (laughs) well, because Trump's pissing everybody off. He's doing all the wrong things, all the wrong things. Uh, And this is something for the, you know, your uh, majority leader in the Senate. This man's powerful. Uh, There is a conflict problem because Cho, who is the secretary of transportation, is McConnell's wife. She'll probably be out of a job soon. Uh, not, not, Not everything is happy in Washington. Another thing I want to talk about, about Trump very quickly here, I may be running out of time. He carried, he won Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, and that's what came in the election, 70,000 votes. That's how he won the election. The people who supported Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania were blue-collar. The reason that he carried those states were the blue-collar workers, older, uh, who are out of jobs, who don't have pensions, don't have good pensions. They worked their whole lives for the American dream, and it doesn't exist for them today. And they voted for him. They voted their pocketbook. Republicans said forever. They voted one election for their pocketbook. Now, it's, things aren't working out for them yet, okay? And things aren't good, but they're supporting him. And the reason they still support him, and it's blindly, I believe, is because he's the only game in town for them that's left. They went with the Democrats for years, and the Democrats failed them. Trump says, I'm going to save your asses economically. I'm going to bring jobs back, et cetera. And... I watch these people on TV as they're interviewed every day, these older people, and they all say the same thing. I'm still on his side. Got to give him time. The Democrats aren't giving him a chance. Uh, I think these people are going to be very unhappy in the end. That's my show for tonight. Hope you enjoyed uh, thank you for joining me again i look forward to doing this every week and i hope you look forward to listening to me tell your friends to listen to i am doing a live video every day on facebook P West Lou live live video two or three minutes don't ask me what i talk whatever turns me on at the moment i decide probably when i sit down what am i going to talk about now today uh, the numbers are getting big with this show. I gotta tell you, I'm impressed the number of people listening to the show or watching it. See West Lou Live. You can look at it any time of the day. See if you like it. Watch it a couple of days. Thank you again for joining me. I'll be with you next week.